Hello everyone and welcome back to Commercial Excellence by Indigo, the podcast where we unravel the intricacies of commercial excellence. I'm your host Mark and joining me today is Rebecca, our resident expert in finance. How are you today Rebecca? I'm doing great Mark. Excited to dive into today's topic on how private equity investors drive value creation through financial engineering. Absolutely. Now, financial engineering is a term we hear often, but it's crucial to understand its nuances, especially in the realm of private equity. Rebecca, could you provide our listeners with a brief overview of what financial engineering entails in this context? Of course, Mark. In the world of private equity, financial engineering involves optimizing the capital structure of a company to enhance its financial performance and overall value. It's about making strategic financial decisions that can lead to increased returns for investors. Excellent. Now, what I would like to explore today are three avenues for enhancing value in private equity, financial engineering, governance engineering, and operational engineering. Can you shed some light on why these aspects are so crucial? Absolutely, Mark. These avenues represent the levers that private equity investors can pull to boost the value of their investments. Financial engineering, specifically, involves actions like optimizing debt and equity mix, improving cash flow management, and utilizing valuation metrics. It's a strategic approach to ensure that capital is employed in a way that generates maximum economic value. Interesting. Now, there is a famous study conducted by Gompers in 2015 exploring the decisions made by private equity investors. Could you share some insights from this study? particularly regarding the first pillar of value creation, financial engineering? Certainly, Mark. The study delves into how private equity firms approach value creation. What's intriguing is that, contrary to traditional financial theory, PE investors heavily rely on metrics like gross IRR, payback analysis, and valuation multiples, which are known to have limitations in terms of reliability. This suggests that private equity investors have their own set of evaluation methods, often diverging from conventional approaches. That's quite fascinating. Now, the study also highlights that 96% of PE firms calculate the terminal value on a five-year standard horizon. What implications does this have for companies receiving PE investments? It's a significant finding mark. The five-year horizon for calculating the terminal value implies that private equity investors expect substantial financial value creation within a relatively short timeframe. This puts pressure on the investees to make strategic managerial decisions that lead to value multiplication within this five-year period. It's a crucial insight for companies looking to attract investments from larger PE firms down the line. Definitely. The time pressure adds another layer of complexity to strategic decision-making for investees. Now, in terms of valuation methods, why do you think PE investors lean towards these specific metrics despite their known limitations? That's a great question, Mark. While traditional financial theory advocates for explicit asset pricing models, PE investors often prefer metrics like IRR and valuation multiples because they offer a quick assessment of the investment's potential returns. It aligns with the fast-paced nature of private equity, where quick and informed decisions are essential. Fantastic. We're continuing our deep dive into the strategies employed by private equity investors, and now we're exploring the crucial predial considerations that shape their investment decisions. Rebecca, 
The survey we've been discussing sheds light on how investors estimate the economic value of an investment before the deal happens. Could you walk us through some of the key findings in this area? Absolutely, Mark. Before sealing the deal, investors need to estimate the exit value of their investment. What stands out is the heavy reliance on comparable methods, especially through comparable analysis. Industry and firm size are the primary considerations, indicating that investors benchmark companies based on these factors. This means that investee companies should focus on identifying competitors in their industry and size category and learning from their best practices. Interesting. So, aligning the exit multiple with the entry multiple is crucial. How does this harmony play out in the broader context of Predial considerations? That's a great point, Mark. Harmony between the exit and entry multiple aligns with the focus on industry and size. It ensures that the valuation metrics used at the entry point are consistent with those at the exit, creating a cohesive approach to the investment lifecycle. This consistency is vital for accurate benchmarking and evaluation. Now, another key consideration is the IRR target set by PE companies. The survey indicates a target median IRR of 25%. Can you help our listeners understand why this specific IRR is significant and what it implies for investors? Certainly, Mark. Targeting a 25% internal rate of return, IRR, means that the investor aims to achieve a compounded annual return of 25% on the initial investment over the holding period. This percentage reflects the investor's expectations for the investment's performance. It's essentially a benchmark used to evaluate whether the potential returns justify the associated risks. That's a high bar. How does this 25% IRR target align with the risk appetite of PE companies compared to individual investors? It's a great observation, Mark. This 25% IRR target highlights the interest of PE companies in investing in risky profiles that have the potential for substantial growth during the holding period. It's a clear divergence from the risk appetite of individual investors. The ambitious IRR target signals a strategic focus on investing in companies that are poised for significant growth, despite the inherent risks. And it's fascinating to note that this IRR target is not a one-size-fits-all approach. How is it dynamically adjusted based on various factors? Exactly. The IRR target is dynamically adjusted, considering factors such as the firm's specific risk profile, the level of financial leverage, and the historical return expectations of limited partners, LPs. The riskiness of the firm takes center stage in fine-tuning the IRR. This underscores the importance of a strategic focus on the commercial and operational facets of the company as pivotal drivers toward achieving this ambitious IRR target. Fantastic insights. Thank you, Rebecca, for breaking down the complexities of pre-deal considerations for us. Now that we've covered the Predayal considerations, let's dive into the post-deal landscape. Rebecca, the survey sheds light on how LPs measure investment performance after the deal, and it seems like there's a preference for absolute performance measures like net IRR or net MOIC. Could you unpack this for our listeners? Certainly, Mark. It's intriguing that, unlike public investments, where alphas are often used to measure performance against a benchmark, and relative performance is crucial for portfolio companies, the majority of LPs in private equity opt for absolute performance measures. 
Net IRR or net MOIC provides a rate of return after deducting fees, expenses, and other relevant charges from the cash flows generated by the investment. This focus on absolute performance underscores the need for a clear and direct evaluation of the returns generated, factoring in all associated costs. That's a significant distinction. Now, let's move to the post-deal results. The survey indicates that the median net IRR falls between 20-25%, aligning and even surpassing the IRR target set by PE companies. What implications does this result carry for private equity strategies? It's actually a noteworthy result. The fact that the median net IRR aligns with or surpasses the IRR target reflects the effectiveness of private equity strategies in achieving their ambitious investment goals. It's a testament to the strategic acumen and operational excellence employed by PE investors in steering their portfolio companies toward substantial value creation. Absolutely. Now, looking at optimizing decision-making processes for sustainable value creation, the article emphasizes the importance of identifying operational decisions that directly impact IRR. Can you provide some insights into these key operational decisions? Certainly. To enhance IRR, organizations need to align operational decisions with overarching business objectives. This includes efficient cost management and reduction, accelerated revenue growth through strategic market expansion, streamlined operational processes for improved efficiency, and rigorous risk management to mitigate uncertainties. These decisions play a crucial role in not only meeting the ambitious goals set by private equity companies but also aligning practical realities with expectations. It sounds like a comprehensive approach is crucial for success. Bringing it all together, how does this comprehensive strategy contribute to value creation through financial engineering, especially in today's complex business environment? Well, in a counterintuitive business environment, where challenges and uncertainties abound, this comprehensive approach ensures a robust pathway to value creation through financial engineering. By integrating key operational considerations into their strategic framework, organizations can navigate the complexities of the business landscape, making informed decisions that drive sustainable value creation. It's about aligning every facet of the business with the overarching goal of enhancing IRR and ensuring the overall success of private equity investments. Well said Rebecca. Thank you for unraveling the intricacies of post-deal considerations and how they contribute to the success of private equity strategies. My pleasure Mark. Always a pleasure to delve into the world of private equity. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us for another insightful episode. Stay tuned for more explorations into the dynamic world of finance. Until next time, take care.